and chosen some very familiar verses to share with you today, uh, verses that I've looked at quite often, preached about it several times, and I still seem to find always as I look at it, uh, another direction, another directive God has for my life, and uh, that's indeed what happened to me, and I want to take you there with me this morning. So if you turn in your Bibles to John, the first chapter, verses uh, 6 through 14, by the way, so I could remember uh, what book I was in, I wrote the title had John on it. John 1, verses 6 through 14, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? John said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he powers to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word then became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God had his blessings to the reading of those special words. Would you bow with us once again in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today that we can open the windows of your word and just have a look. And have a, a real sight of what you want to say. That, Lord, you would just bless us with an understanding of these scripture that we'd be able to be drawn closer to you and that our relationship would be built upon that love that I know we can see and read in your word. Guide us now, Lord, as we share the message you've laid on our hearts. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You be seated. My prayer this morning is that God would breathe on us the freshness of his spirit. Now, what did I just say? I want God to breathe upon us a fresh portion of his spirit. I know that sometimes it seems like the spirit of God dwelling in us as God's children for years and years on to come. And we seem like maybe sometimes get in a rut of wondering about God's blessedness that it is there for us because we do believe. But I think that daily we need to ask God to refresh us. You know, reading the Bible over in Revelations where when you talk to the seven churches of Asia, one of the churches that he wanted to talk to especially and first of all was the church at Ephesus. What was he talking to the church about? One of the things, they were a good church. They were a church of, of, of believers who was following and worshiping God. But he saw a lack of freshness in their lives, surely. Because he asked them this one thing. You know, church, you've neglected your first love. Go back. And I want to encourage you the, the need to do just that. And what is our first love? As we think about the Lord, the church, ourselves, our lives, that saved soul that we have, our first love was in fact the deal and the day that God did save our soul. 
And sometimes I can get in, in my study and I'll begin to read and begin to wonder and begin to ponder what God wants to say. And all of a sudden, I feel like this shutting up the Bible and going a dead run back to 1956, I guess it was, or 57, when God saved my soul. And I find there that first love can be refreshed with a freshness of God's love as I just ponder about it. And you know, I've said different times, and I, I want to say it again today. If I had known the magnitude or the extent of what God did that day when he saved my soul, I would have died shouting in that very moment. And it is a wonderful thing to go back and feel and wonder about that. And, and John's main purpose here is to tell us about that love, to remind us about that love, and to let us know that the love of God came in the person of Jesus Christ. The incarnate God came from heaven to earth and he pronounced love in one of the most capital letter written words that we could possibly read. And that is certainly the word love. He introduced the word to us. And in that last verse I read to you, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The world beheld, they saw the glory of God in Jesus the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Grace came by way of Jesus and it is still extended to us today. I think about life's journey a lot, my own especially, and you might think of yours quite often. One of the things that happened to me as is, is, uh, we see here is we travel along life's journey and walking in the shadow of God's will. And sometimes it feels like that the Shadow gets in, it'll too short and we kind of weaver out of that just a little bit. But I, I want you to know that God will direct you to start that journey, to continue the journey if you're already there, and to look for the street called Grace, Grace Street. Grace Street will lead you in the right direction. Grace is something that God has promised to all who would witness the light of God's love through Jesus and would help us to find that. So if we turn right on Grace Street, we're going to know the direction God wants to lead us. I'm reminded of the song, and uh, some of them have played it some form once in a while and know it's my favorite song, but when I answered the call to the ministry, uh, uh, the song was sung by our daughter, actually, For Those Tears I Died. And uh, I just love that song. It has become, it has become a, 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 a directive for my life. It has become a... a a sign on the road, on the road called grace that I see often. And Jesus said, come to the water, stand by my side. I know you are thirsty. I know you're thirsty. You won't be denied. I felt every teardrop when in darkness you cried. And I strove to remind you, for those tears I died. Whose tears? My tears? You know, I believe that the Bible is full of notions that lets us believe and lets us know that Jesus himself sheds tears. In the, in the case of Lazarus being dead, uh, Jesus went to help the, the friend. He was friends to the family, and Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus had died. And the shortest verse in the Bible describes a lot about Jesus that sometimes long lines of description does, doesn't even hold a light to what that verse says. And it simply says, Jesus wept. And it is saying that Jesus' heart was broken because Mary and Martha's heart was broken because they had lost a loved one. And uh, Jesus began to cry. He sheds tears for you and I when we have troubles in our lives. And I know that uh, he will help us when trouble does come. 
It's a God thing going on in my life today. And I want to remind you it can be a God thing going on in your life if you just let God be all that God wants to be. Sometimes I ponder the unconditional love of God. What is that unconditional love? The unmerited grace and mercy that we can receive. We call it mercy. It's a forgiving love. We, we call it kindness. It's an understanding love. We call it passion. And passion of Jesus is a proven love. He has proven it over and over again. I, I heard someone say one time that they were looking for a sign to show them a direction for salvation. And I said, you haven't found it? Let me, let me remind you. And I turned to the Bible and in the words of Jesus and himself, he said, I must go to the cross. And he did go to the cross. And what a sign it is. The cross became a plus sign in the lives of those that would accept the fact that Jesus gave his life that we could have eternal life. We don't need to ask God to give us another sign. How greater sign could there be than the sign that Jesus gave on the cross? Blessed be the God with the kind of love that did take Jesus to the cross that reached down from heaven and in his arms and hands he held the blessedness of being able to save another soul. Have you been saved by God's grace? Do you know Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord of your life? You know, today I feel like that I'm standing in front of many saved souls. But you know, there's a small chance or a large maybe chance that someone is here today under the sound of my voice that's not a Christian, that has not said yes to a love of God that will grab us hold of our hearts and souls and, and take who we really are, and that is that soul and cause us to know that we can have a home after this life. We experience a lot of loved ones leaving for that home in heaven, and what a wonderful thing it is to know that that, that can be possible. And as I think about these verses that I shared with you, John's, John the writer is John the disciple. John the Baptist was John the forerunner of Jesus the one that God had chosen to tell the world that Jesus was coming. And he was not that light, and he knew even in a place, John said, I am not even worthy to loosen the shoelaces of his shoes, the laces of his shoes. But John, the, John the, the Baptist, and I suppose that that's where our Baptist denomination started, right? Wrong. Might have, but it's, it's the word Baptist kind of makes you wonder. But John the Baptist, he was the person who would pronounce the coming of Jesus. And I just love to, to read the story and, and let the, the, the story of John the Baptist there in the waters that day of Jordan and seeing Jesus standing on the bank and begin to walk out into the water. I just love to get that picture. And I did get that picture in a very awesome and audible and picturey way one time when I too walked into the River Jordan and was baptized again. Not that I needed baptism again, but I just needed to feel like that I stood where Jesus stood. I walked into the waters that Jesus walked into and was baptized by a very dear friend, Brother Arnold Moon. And I, I just appreciate that opportunity. I have a certificate at home that says that that had taken place. One of the things that we as Christians sometimes are prone to carry around with us is a dead person. What are you saying? I'm saying that when we are saved, 
the Bible says that old man, that old person has died. But what happens? Sometimes we feel like that we need to carry that who you used to be around with us. And maybe when some situation comes up, you may be guilty and you may not be, but I have. And you're ready to strike back at someone that does something in a cruel sort of way to you. And you open the door and say, jump at them. But then all of a sudden you see the pastor or a deacon or a friend that knows you're a good Christian person. And you command them to get back in there real quick and shut the door. Sometimes we do not leave behind what we need to leave behind. And that is that old person. You know, there's a death in your life when you were saved by God's grace. And that death brought about salvation for your soul. Then life hits us broadside. Life gets awfully hard. Read a story not long ago about uh, in long years, sailors and uh, the olden ships of the old big wheel and all was was uh, guiding uh, the ship, the boat, or whatever, and when a storm would come up, the captain of that ship would tie himself to the mask of that ship in order to not be swept away by the stormy waters. And I thought about that story. You know, I, maybe that's what I need to ponder in my own life. When the storms of life do come, who do I tie myself to? You got it, Jesus Christ. And as we tie ourselves into the powers of heaven, then we can withstand the storm that comes. I love the song, Keep Me Safe Till the Storm Passes By. Storms do come, and storms do wreck lives, but it's a God thing to know that we have God there to tie us to his mass. The song, Keep Me Safe Till the Storm Passes By. Isaiah 25 says, He is a refuge from the storms that comes. But John the Baptist was talking about the calmness of a storm in Jesus. And he would be able to come and, and share some things that would help the world see what God had tried to say for centuries. You know, uh, we talk about the Old Testament, and I've heard people say, we're New Testament time churches. Amen, praise the Lord, yes we are. But I want you to know that we do not want to do a thing in the world by putting, by, putting aside or putting back the Old Testament. The Bible says it's our schoolmaster. It's our learning pages. You know, sometimes in, in school, uh, we learn things that we thought, well, we'd never use that. Why in the world do I have to remember that? But uh, we do have to remember it sometimes. And uh, John the Baptist was just a person who was trying to get the world to see that it's a God thing to put our trust in the creator of mankind. God is so ready to bless you with his presence. As we read John's gospel, this fourth chapter that I shared with you, or the first chapter, it precedes a little bit of what I believe the very core of the gospel. And as you go on through, you follow on through, and you come to the story in the third chapter of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a person who had come about really realizing after Jesus' baptism and his ministry had begun that this surely is somebody with the powers of heaven that I need to know more about. And so he slipped around and got, went to Jesus by night, the Bible says. Why did he do it by night? A little reluctant for somebody to see that he was standing in some direction that God wanted him to stand. Have you been guilty sometimes of being ashamed to do something for God or no, I can't be seen doing that. I don't want to be called a holy Joe or what have. 
But to be bold in the spirit, sometimes we need to stand strong in the faith and let others see Jesus in you. Are you allowing that to happen in your life? Are you allowing that as Nicodemus would soon realize that he must be born again? And that brings about the death that I spoke about because he had to die to be born of the spirit. He that born of the flesh is flesh and he that born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Have you been born again? Have you had an experience with Jesus Christ? Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Are you tired of life as it is? Do you find yourselves wondering about things and circumstances and wondering why and what and when? Well, I want you to know God is so ready to reach out to you and rekindle that love and that positive attitude that you need to have to walk close enough to God that you can hear every whisper he'd have to say and that he would gather your mind and heart to see that there take, it takes faith, the Bible says, in order to please God. Are you pleasing to God today? Are you doing what God wants you to do? I love the song. I don't know, not even the name of it, but all I can remember is, Wilt Thou Be Made Whole? And it's based on the, the man who uh, was, went to Jesus with, uh, with, an, with a physical ailment, and Jesus said to him, Wilt thou be made whole? And he was made whole by the powers of God through Jesus. Well, has God changed? Is it, is it a God thing to all of these things that happen, can still happen again? God still has the same power that he has always had. He has the same compassion that he's always shown. He has the same mercy and grace that he's always been willing to give. And if you're missing out on some of that, friends, today, then there's one step you need to make. And that's the step I made about 7 and 6.30, I guess it was, this morning. And that is to pray. To ask God to give you guidance, to lead you in that right path, that road called Grace Street, and that'll lead you home. That's the ultimate goal of every child of God. Is that the goal in your life? Do you want to go to heaven? You must be expected. You must have made preparation. You must have a ticket, if you please, in order to be in heaven one day with Jesus. I trust you have that arrangement made. But if not, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can say yes to Jesus, and he'll save you. Today is the day you can say yes to Jesus for recommitting your life. You know, sometimes we as Christians uh, live just a tad outside of God's will. And we need to daily repent of that distance that we have drawn. God doesn't make that distance. We do that by our reluctance to follow. So what is the need today? Do you need to make that commitment to Jesus? Would you bow with us as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for that love that we can know. We thank you today for the powers of heaven that can save souls. And we know, Lord, that you sent Jesus to make that uh, salvation, a, a way of life for all who would put their trust in you. And Lord, we ask you today, if there be someone here that hasn't said yes to your love, that today would be the day. I know that you're already reaching out to the needs that are here, and there, as many as are here, there are that many needs and more. So Lord, just help us to be so submitted to your will, that be willing to be bold in the Spirit, 
and say yes to you today. In your precious name we pray. Amen.